You're giving your power away. If you realize that at any given moment, each of us has the ability to change things around, then um, you can really be much more happily married. This week, we answer the simple question of how to be happily married. We actually go really deep. Stay tuned. Our 2015 holiday gift guide for married couples is out. It has ideas for him, her, the family, and a little bit extra. So go ahead, check it out. Visit hitchedmag.com. And of course, if you get the newsletter, you already know this. To get the newsletter, go to hitchmag.com and click the newsletter link. Happy holidays. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of hitchedmag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hey, Steve. So Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Uh, she is an author. Uh, she is um, just an all-around wonderful person. And as I mentioned, <laughs> she is the original uh, because she was uh, has been with Hitch since day one uh, when we launched the website. And today we're going to ask a very simple question, uh, which sometimes are the toughest things to answer. Uh, so I'm just going to ask, how are we to be happily married? Um, we posted a story uh, about this very topic, uh, how to be happily married, and it uh, got a lot of traffic. Um, and I think because a lot of people just want a very simple answer. I want to be happily married. How do I do that? And so I thought I would just toss it your way, Karen, and to just see if you would like to throw your uh, hat into this ring and offer up your uh, bits of information that might help people uh, live a happily married life. So what would be your first tip? Well, this first tip may shock everybody that you're not going to always be happily married. And I think a lot of people don't know that. They expect that I'm in love, I have found the right person, I want to make a commitment. And love is really, in my eyes, uh, a live entity, so to speak. And so it comes and it goes. You have good days, you have bad days, you have good weeks, you have bad weeks. And if you expect that everything is always going to be glorious, when uh, bad times happen or difficult times or just, you know, you're just not feeling it, it really is going to be very frightening and you're going to think something is wrong. Um, and if you instead realize that there are slumps or, you know, just like in any situation, times that just aren't so really wonderful, then you'll flow with it. And it won't scare you or make you anxious or think that something is horribly wrong. Um, it will come back. And so a lot of people don't know that. And uh, if you feel, if you realize that this is a very normal kind of uh, ebb and flow to the relationship, then I think you will be much more happily married. Okay. And so, uh, so tip one really might just be uh, tamper your expectations and, and, and the idea of 
once happy, always happy? Uh, well, I don't know if I'd say once happy, always happy. I think I would say that, um, know that as part of a normal re- long-term relationship, there are going to be dips and that doesn't indicate that anything is wrong, that you've got to look like a stock market got it. at the long range kind of um, situation. I like that because you're right. The stock market, you know, the idea is, uh, you know, it will go down uh, at some point um, on some days. But over 30 years, if you invest, done the right investments, right. Uh, it will you'll be better off in 30 years than you are today. Exactly. So that's I love that. Um, okay, let's move on to tip number two. Okay, so I would say tip number two is that understand that each of us has the power, has the ability to make things better in our relationship. Um, you know, I so often hear couples talk about, well, if only he would do so-and-so, if only she would do so-and-so, you're giving your power away. If you realize that at any given moment, each of us has the ability to change things around, then, um, you can really be much more happily married. Um, so a lot of women end up typically complaining about, I'm tired of being the one who initiates things all the time. Well, first of all, women tend to have a better um, pulse on a relationship and know when things are a little bit off. But regardless, again, it's a matter of um, one taking the initiative for making a change because based on the principle, my principle Mm -hmm. of action reaction, if you do something nice, then your partner is going to respond in kind and then you get the ball rolling. So is it more important that you win the battle or you win the war? If you want to be happily married in the long run, um, is your investment going to be, you know, I want to hold on to these, this short little thing and really stick to my guns and be right about this particular thing. And I'm not going to talk and I'm not going to make things better? Or do you want to really invest in your future and, you know, say, um, change the way you talk or change the topic or address your partner differently so that then they'll respond differently to you and then things are moving in a good direction again? Okay. Uh, I feel like I should jump in and add something, but I have nothing to add to that. Well, should I bother telling my story that I probably told on another podcast about the day my husband and I were going for a drive? Yeah, please. Okay. So when my husband and I tried to do some stress relief, we like to take drives. And I don't remember what it was that was the cause, but we were out for a drive and really needing to just sort of calm down and relax with each other. And I don't remember what he said, but it was something that was really, really upsetting me. And aside from the fact that I'm helping people and I'm giving them all this great advice, I'm also a woman. So when he said whatever it was that bugged me, (laughs) I responded negatively back. Mm -hmm. And then he responded in a really disgusting way. And we started having a fight. Not what we were looking for as we were having this nice, relaxing day. So I sat there for a few moments quietly to myself and I said, you know, Karen, you teach this stuff to everybody. Perhaps you should use some of it yourself. (laughs) So I took a couple of deep breaths and I thought about something I could say that was nice to him, which I did. And he responded back nicely. 
And then I responded back nicely again. And before you knew it, we were having a nice relaxing day. So the point was I could have either just continued to be all huffy and, you know, what would we, what would I, what would we have gained Mm -hmm. or turn the situation around, which I did. And we were both happy. And you implemented your action reaction method. Yes. I proved to myself that the advice (laughs) works. That's right. That's right. Um, Okay. uh, Let's get a a third tip here and then we'll kind of switch it up a little bit. Okay. Uh, I guess the third tip I would give is to make sure that you uh, prioritize your relationship because I think what happens to most couples is that um, in the beginning when we are all – in the honeymoon phase and really making sure that we're, you know, not making sure, but we're really into each other. Everybody is gloriously happy and feeling the love and all of that good stuff. But then, you know, we make a commitment and life gets in the way. We sort of figure our mate will be there and everything else happens. We get stressed at work. We have children. We have uh, elderly parents that need are taken care of. And, you know, we put our partner on a back burner and then eventually we're not feeling the love anymore. And we just feel like, you know, we, we just don't feel in love anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, really important that we be prioritizing our relationship, that we make sure that we let each other know that we matter to each other. I think this might be my favorite one because I well just because I mean this is like this one resonates very deeply with me mm-hmm. about prioritizing your marriage and I guess because I see the hypocrisy all the time all over the place mm-hmm. uh where and I've and I've said this before you go around and you ask somebody what's the most important thing in their life and they're going to tell you their their spouse and their kids and their family mm-hmm. and then you follow it up and ask them so what have you done to demonstrate that or show mm-hmm. that how have you prioritized them? And then they'll, you know, they'll give you some nonsense answer that has, you know, it's, they don't, that is basically what I'm getting at. Um, And I don't think people, and I I don't want to like call people out for this. I don't think they do it consciously. Um, It's just, and we've talked about this many times about how, when you get comfortable with something, you begin to take it for granted. Yes. And I think that's what happens so much. And so just having it in your head of, this is what, like, this is why I'm doing these things. This is what matters most. And there was, I was on Twitter the other day and somebody tweeted out some, something uh, in this vein. And it, I, I made this almost exact response about prioritizing your marriage. And the thing about it as well is when you prioritize your marriage, I believe all the other uh, questions you have to answer become so much easier because they've everything be, after that point falls in line, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So like, can I? You know, we have this thing going on this weekend. Well, <laughs> what 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 are the plans between my spouse and I? You know, rather than just jumping in and 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 committing to something, and you can avoid so many arguments, so many different hiccups along the way if you just think of your spouse and your marriage first. Yes. Yes. I, I want to share an insight that I got this morning. Um, I, I met a new client this morning who is of Indian descent and she has 
uh, has an arranged marriage. She's been married to the gentleman for a very long time, but it was an arranged marriage. And she was saying that um, because it was arranged, there was she never really loved him and that he's a wonderful man. He's responsible. He's respectful. You know, he's, he's, you know, she's got nothing bad to say about him, Mm -hmm. but she has no real feelings for him. Um, and so I thought about it and I was saying to, you know, it's very interesting. You should say that because for people who don't have arranged marriages, they initially, feel the love and the physical attraction. But then once they're together for a long time, life gets in the way and and then those in love feelings go away and they're left in the same place Mm -hmm. where they are feeling like, well, yeah, we live together, but, and the person is a good person, but I don't feel that in love anymore. So we've all ended up in the exact same place because I found myself suggesting to her that she, among other things we were discussing, that she do some of the things that I would tell my clients who normally come who are not from arranged marriages, the kinds of things you have to do to start to bring back some of the zing Mm -hmm. into your relationship. So I just found that very interesting because... Everybody really is in the exact same place, whether you came from, you know, a marriage where there was no love originally or where you thought you were in love because it's really the, the lack of prioritizing and paying attention to each other that really is what disconnects you from one another. Yeah, that is very interesting. And you might, you know, you might even be able to argue that she could be in a better place than some of these other couples who started off in love because they were wearing those rose tinted glasses yes. and their spouse wasn't treating them respectfully and they weren't a good person to them yeah. the whole time. And now that the rose tinted glasses has worn off, they're not left with a respectful man or woman. They're yeah. left with yeah. a, a mess. And, you know, it was only through that love that kind of got them to this far. So, yeah. Um, Okay, I, I mentioned I wanted to switch gears a little bit here okay. uh, rather than just throw out tip one, tip two, tip three. Uh, so how can you and, – and again, we're talking about uh, just how to be happily married. So how can you get your marriage back on track if things have gone off the rail? And we're talking about things like you know, there's been a sickness or a loss of job or you're having financial struggles and you can't seem to get out of it. So you're constantly arguing and the the, the pressure has just mounted where everything – is so much uh, more scrutinized uh, and it's it's just weighing on your marriage and just your overall happiness uh, in addition to the happiness of your marriage itself. Okay, so I think what I'd like people to consider or I'd like people um, to try to pay attention to are the little positive things. So in other words, um, spend time with each other um, where let's say, um, there's sickness, um, where you spend some time and you talk about where there are blessings in your life, um, where if there's financial problems, you spend time, um, that is just about the two of you, but you're not, you don't talk about the finances. Uh, you spend time that's, uh, really just about maybe hand-holding or looking at old pictures and reminiscing. But the point is that you're doing little things and you're making sure that they're positive things. You show appreciation of each other. So let's say, again, if we're, there's sickness, 
you're making sure that you really appreciate whatever caretaking the other person is doing. Um, because the main point, again, the goal uh, of where I'm going with this is mm -hmm. to let the partner partners know that they matter to each other, um, that the relationship uh, is offering benefit. Um, you know, that that the relationship has meaning beyond the particular challenges that they're going through at this point. Um, you know, very often when my husband and I are talking to each other, we will discuss that we've had dark times and we've had challenges and yet um, here we still are and how much we appreciate those dark times because it's allowed us to really now um, enjoy uh, what we're going through that's so good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So even in the dark times or the difficult times, to be able to reflect in whatever there is that is decent, including just standing by each other, yeah. can help you uh, keep your relationship going. So, I mean, really, it, it's even when you're at um, in total disagreement, um, mm -hmm. it seems like what you're saying is uh, continuing to show respect for your spouse and mm -hmm. accepting uh, and extending gratitude and appreciation uh, through small gestures or whatever. Yes. And mm -hmm. and we know, by the way, through research that small gestures are a big key to marital success. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So then this last one, uh, this last question I have for you, uh, you, you know, I don't want you to fall back into question number one. Okay. Uh, because I think that this could fall into that category. So give me something new here. What okay. is the most, <laughs> uh, what is the most common mistake uh, that you see or that you think is out there uh, from couples when it comes to keeping their marriage happy? Okay. Most couples will come in and tell me that they have a communication problem. And I believe the most common mistake and the reason they have a communication problem is because they are too afraid to openly talk about their real feelings. Mm. They are afraid to be vulnerable. They will instead talk about what the other person did or didn't do. Um, instead of letting the person know when such and such happened, this is the feeling I ended up with. Um, I think that when you are um, able to be vulnerable, most people are willing to be helpful. And I think that that is what will really allow a couple to gain emotional intimacy. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, it's a scary place to go because you think you're going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can preface it by saying, I'm going to share something with you now. And I have to tell you that it makes me a little nervous to share it with you because it makes me feel vulnerable mm -hmm. so that that way your partner knows, okay, you know, I, I really have to uh, treat this carefully. And the only caveat I would put with this is if your partner has shared something with you that is of this nature, you can never throw that back in their face. You can't make fun of them in an argument. You're not allowed to, you know, use it against them because once you do that, that's a real violation of trust. Mm -hmm. Um, so um, that why would they ever share with you again? But I really think that that's the biggest mistake that couples make. Okay. 
I, this feels very multi-layered too, because you have on the one hand, people are afraid to be vulnerable. Um, and then I would say that you probably have other people who feel um, afraid that, or fearful that they even have those feelings of being mm-hmm. afraid of being vulnerable. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so, cause absolutely. I, cause I think a lot of people, particularly when you're married, you think like, this is the person I should be able to tell everything to yes. all the time. Mm-hmm. And if I'm, you know, it's one thing to be fearful of opening up to somebody, but it's all, another thing to be afraid of the fact that you're afraid to open yes. up to your spouse. And like, yes. what does that mean? Right. Uh, so I, you know, I yep. think it's very good that you brought this up because I hopefully this at least peels away that first layer so people understand that this is a normal reaction yes. and response that people have um to open up and and why what you know why do you think people have that fear of being vulnerable and opening up is it because um they can be hurt with that information oh, yes. later on well, I can be hurt with it. And if I show you that I have flaws or that I'm not perfect or that I need you or something like that, you could leave me. And that is the ultimate fear. You might not want me. You might think so badly of me that you're not interested in me anymore. And that's the ultimate fear. And when we're talking about this stuff, um, about opening up, those fears, they don't have to be rationally tied to something that's worthy of somebody leaving somebody. So it doesn't have to be like, I cheated on you. It could just be something that they're ashamed of or something that even I'm sorry to cut you off. I just got so passionate about this. It, it, It goes back probably to childhood stuff where, you know, if you weren't a good enough little boy or little girl, then, then mommy or daddy could possibly leave you. So if I don't come across well in your eyes, then, you know, you're going to think I'm not worthy. So you might not, might not want to stay married to me anymore. Yeah. So it really is, could, it just could come, come down to the minutia of what you're doing. Um, but the feelings, the emotions are tied, are deep rooted from something way back in the past. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, this was, this was, uh, really good, Karen. Um, I don't want to sound surprised, but it was such a a simple, um, topic about how to be happily married. And I was afraid that because we don't script this show, um, I was afraid that we might fall into some of the same trappings of things that we repeated over and over and over again. But I feel like we dug up some new nuggets today. Oh, goody. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I mean, at least I think so. I hope uh, – and if if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, well, you guys have mentioned this stuff many times. Well, hopefully, you know, if you hear something enough, it'll resonate and uh, it'll be helpful in that way. So, you you know, it'll become instinctual for you in the future. So, uh, so thank you so much for your time, Karen. This is always a good time and I appreciate your expertise and advice and bringing this podcast to life. Thank you, Steve. I want to remind everybody that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Uh, She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. She has her own radio show on the Sex Talk Radio Network every Wednesday. It is called Take 5 to Empower Your Relationship. And in just five minutes, Karen will present a real relationship issue tell you what's behind it and how to resolve it 
Uh, and Karen also has on her website, drkarensherman.com, a program out called Pillars for Partnership. It is a set of audio and video tools that are produced by Karen, so be sure to give that a gander. Uh, you can find all this information or at least links to uh, Karen's website on our website, hitchedmag.com, as well as all the past podcasts. Uh, and if you'd like to chat with us a little bit or connect with us, uh, we are on all the social platforms, as as is Karen, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, as I mentioned, uh, <laughs> brought up in the podcast. Uh, so go ahead and follow us there. And lastly, the best, easiest way, I think, to keep up to date with all of the information that we put out each week is through our free weekly newsletter. Uh, it goes out Monday nights. Uh, if you are subscribed, uh, go ahead and get your spouse subscribed too so that you're both getting the same great information. And by the way, it does include the latest episode uh, link for each podcast. So uh, if you love the podcast, you don't want to miss an episode, uh, that'll be another reminder that I'll hit your inbox on Monday night or Tuesday morning if that's when you check it. So uh, with that, I will uh, bid adieu. So one last time, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right, that's going to do it, everybody. Take care. Have a great week. Tonight. The world is ours tonight.